Hello and welcome back to the Apprentice One to One podcast. It's me again. I'm here as the host, and I'm joined by another new guest on the channel. It's Kieran Jenkins from Proteus. How are you this morning, Kieran? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you. Me and Kieran met in person. I've been and done a tour with um, Kieran and the team at IMD and had a look around various different brands and products that they make and manufacture and then sell and distribute around the UK. So that was really interesting. And I wanted to share a bit of the background of Kieran and those companies on the podcast. because I think there's a powerful and important message within all of that. So before we delve into the intricacies of the, the day job and the business that you're involved with now, what's your background, Kieran? Uh, my background, I guess I've always been involved in uh, sort of the electrical industry. My father was a uh, motor rewinder uh, by trade. Um, he then got into sort of electrical contracting, sort of the bigger um, commercial industrial um, sort of electrical installations down in South Wales. And yeah, I uh, I worked with him throughout all the holidays, you know, through my school years. Um, and then went to university and I was actually working down in South Wales with him on a site. Uh, we were doing a shutdown um uh, some shutdown work and I got a call from RPP uh, one of our businesses here uh, and they were looking for a, a trainee designer on a one-year placement from uh, from university so I came up um, back in what was that mid-1997 uh, got an that's interview. a long time ago now isn't it 1997 perched yeah, from right? the family <laughs> business I've got to say as well your poor father <laughs> yeah that's it yeah so uh, yeah he's uh, he's since retired now bless him and uh but yeah, so uh, I came up and got an interview and um, came away and I thought, oh, yeah, you know, I quite like the idea of this. So wiring accessories, CAD software and what have you. So I was already doing industrial product design uh, at university as part of my degree. So the the year placement was uh, was great for me. So I came and did uh, one year between 1997, 98. Um, so sort of halfway through uh, that period, I was asked by uh, my boss whether I'd like to come back after university to work full time. So I said, yeah, actually, we'll negotiate. Uh, can I come back one day a week throughout my final year? So I've got a little bit of money. Uh, <laughs> and that was it. I finished, I think, on the 11th of June, 19, uh, would have been 1999. And I think the 14th of June, I started full time uh, then with uh, with RPP. And then I worked my way up through then. Um, I did product design, production engineering, purchasing, sales, uh, and then became assistant manager then at, uh, at RPP. Uh, I had a brief then sort of sabbatical. I, I left the business for a couple of years or just less than a couple of years, went to the lighting industry. Uh, but that was good for me. It allowed me to go out, do some external selling um, throughout the Midlands region. Uh, and then the opportunity for Proteus Switchgear came up in late 2006. Uh, and I was invited to uh, come for an interview to uh, look at the uh, factory manager role of Proteus Switchgear uh, on the consumer unit division. Uh, and I took that job in late 2006 and all the way up until May of last year, I did that role. Um, and in May of last year, uh, promoted to senior works manager, looking after the uh, single phase switchgear factory and also the uh, RPP wiring accessory factory as well. Wow. I mean, that's that's quite a, a tale of working your way through the business from the bottom right up to the top. All the yeah. upper echelons of the top, you're getting close up there now. You might be running the entire division in the not too distant future. Oh. Won't go that far. <laughs> you never, you never know. You're on that meteoric rise, and that's one of the things I got the vibe from looking around when I came for my visit. Is there does seem to be that emphasis on promoting from within, within all of those companies, like a real family business vibe. Yeah. And at the start, I guess it was the right place, right time, as you said, getting in yeah. at the very beginning. 
But after that, you seem to have really been helped in your progression. Is that something that's, you know, ingrained into those businesses? Yeah, I think we, you know, we, we will always look for uh, to employ uh, and promote from within the business. Um, I think the way we operate, um, I think maybe people looking from outside in think, oh, that's a bit, you know, why why are you doing it that way? But uh, but actually, um, employing from within is is great, and probably all the people you know that I work with now um, have all come from within the business. You know, it's rare that we've you know employed externally. Um, you know, but we've got people that, you know, joined as laborers uh, that have, you know, progressed on throughout the business. Um, we've done the whole management trainee thing. We've done apprentices, uh, but there's opportunities for everybody. Um, even, at, you know, uh, one of the businesses, you know, we, we had a guy in the dispatch department. Uh, turns out he's got a marketing um, uh, degree. And actually, we moved him into um, into our design and marketing team. Um, another one was, again, in a different dispatch department. Um, he's now an assistant manager at one of the other businesses. So, uh, so yeah, we we do that quite a lot. You know, we take people um, who who are showing that sort of uh, willingness to get on uh, within you know within the business within life, um, and we give them 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 opportunities. No, it's really good, and it's not um, consistent with what I've seen around other places I've visited. I've been out and had a look around a number of factories over the last couple of years. And it really was a standout thing from all of those places I've been with with you guys. I think it's quite relevant. I'm hoping to release this podcast during the course of the National Apprenticeship Week. You can see that up here. So it's Skills for Life. And it's all of the opportunities that we get when we start our careers. And I think Proteus are really giving that to people and the other brands as well. It's not just limited to, to Proteus. Yeah. It was the same at Centaur and Tamlex. Um exactly the same principle and i think it's it's really nice to see that so it's uk manufacturing we've got the the uk warehousing and distribution and it's all done with a team of people who've been there a long time alongside a trainee or someone who's working their way into the business now and yeah it was it was a really nice thing to see and credit to you for doing it and again on this podcast i want to raise awareness that it's not just about going out and putting wires and cables into buildings there is loads of careers in the electrical industry it's billion pounds big it's ginormous when you look at it as a whole and um yeah you can go and have a have a career like Kieran and end up on the other side of the fence selling us all this gear who knows eh yeah. no I think we've got and of course we've got a lot of people um I think probably one of the things that you saw when you came here is the length of service for a number of employees as well um you know we, we've got two people one who you know both joined at the same time um one who's happy, you know, in his role, and he does, you know, printing, testing for us uh, on devices. Another one has progressed up through the business to to management, you know, senior management level. Um, but you know, we need those people who are happy to, you know, to work in those environments and say, you know, uh, they don't want that added pressure of going, you know, beyond. But there's, you know, there's a, a real sense of sort of job security in that. And we've, uh, you know, historically, you know, throughout all our businesses, we we've, we've got a. Um, uh, a long uh, standing uh, level of service there for a quite a number of employees. Yeah, I won't make you list all of the brands because I think there's quite a number in total. I think you said there's about 90 as they're all together as part of the the group as a whole. The brands, yeah, there's quite a there's quite a few when you delve uh, delve down into it. So yeah, some some current, some not so current anymore. So but uh, but they're still still held at the moment. I uh, so imagine there's quite a lot of industry oversight you get with having that. You're seeing a lot of what the demand is, I guess, out in industry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. How did you, how did you kind of manage with that through COVID? Because, you know, we've all had this issue of the supply of materials. And one of the reasons I first started using a lot more of the Proteus equipment was we installed a lot of EV stuff and we couldn't get okay. the, the circuit breakers over current protective devices. 
I'd used to be your gear before in truth, but not at the volume we do now. And speaking yeah. around a number of other contractors working in the EV space, that seems to be a consistent thing. So did you have a different approach to your stock levels? Was it just a pure chance that you had this stuff in stock? I, I think we're we're quite a fortunate company, um, you know, in terms of our um, ability to, you know, to invest in in that stock. And I think when COVID hit, it was it was a very uncertain time for a lot of people, uh, probably everybody. Um, you know, difficult as a manager at the time, you know, we you go into at the time we went to 75% of our workforce and said, look, we're going to have to furlough you because our sales were 80, 90% down. Um, and we had that first sort of two or three months and we were thinking, okay, what's happening? You know, how is this, is it going to you know recover quickly? Is it going to take some time to recover? So there was a real sense of uncertainty there, um, you know, at the beginning of COVID in, in 2020, but what we found then is probably um, April, May, and June were difficult months. But then we got then into July, August, and it jumped back up. You know, probably 100% growth on what we'd had previous couple of months. And then September 2020, um, it was just like the shackles were off, and everybody was going right. We need stock, and we need it now. So we we carry a healthy stock anyway. Um, so we we had no real concern there. But obviously, we were then able to say, right, let's get, you know, um, circuit protected devices. That was the big thing, you know, make sure we had plenty of those manufactured. Um, we're fortunate we've got a facility, as you saw in Telford, uh, do manufacturing of distribution switch gear. So um, they're self-sufficient, so no concern there. We then, uh, we've then got a facility in Turkey. So we get the consuming it enclosures and uh, the core range then of consuming it, if you like, manufactured at our facility in Turkey. Uh, and that actually uh, served us really well. So we had a road freight delivery every week from them and anything from I don't know, 20 to 45 pallets a week coming in uh, from Turkey. So it really allowed us to get our stock level back up. And of course, uh, supply CEF, you know, with uh, with the stock that was needed. So, so yeah, we had a, you know, we had a, a torturous probably three or four months um and then obviously it just went a bit haywire and uh yeah it's sort of settled down now i think we're, we're back to sort of i wouldn't say we're above pre-pandemic levels but i think for us that's a lot to do with the the growth of cef in the last uh in the last few years it's so interesting hearing you say that because that is exactly the experience i have out been an electrician obviously much much smaller scale but we saw just the same there was the initial few months where everyone's thinking you know what is actually going to happen here yeah and then the demand really ramps up and you're like, oh, my God, how are we going to cope with this? And it was more the, the labor aspect with us, I think, and getting things done quickly enough. Um, we did have an issue around over current protected devices with certain brands, not yourselves. And then now we are kind of still riding that wave, I think. Uh, it has yeah. continued to keep going. I think we all kind of predicted it might tail off or there'd be some sort of recession and it'd really fall away. But it's not happened so far. It does seem to be continuing. And that's that's brilliant. And I think we're kind of buffered a bit in our industry because there is this growth in the ev market in yes. the solar market um there's lots of construction still taking place so it is um it is protected a little bit and i guess one of the growth areas you might have seen certainly we're speaking with ian is the ev industrial um setup you've got there at proteus yeah and i think you know for, for ev uh obviously it's, it's a huge market now for for us so whether it be single phase or the three phase switch gear how we got into that was because our versatility um you know customers like yourselves come into us and saying look this is the type of application that we have this is what we need what can you do uh, and we've got that versatility and that knowledge to be able to say right this is what we've got we can assemble it like this we can give some guidance you know give some assistance where necessary 
Um, and I think, you know, that's how we sort of got into that, certainly the bigger three-phase distribution. Um, and it's it's almost become, you know, a big part of their business now. Uh, but on the back of that, I think, you know, as you say, the likes of yourselves and other customers have got to use it and actually realize, actually, actually, this product is is okay. And maybe it wouldn't have been the first choice for them. So actually, we're, we're not just seeing the EV distribution. Actually, we're seeing the pull through now of everything else. You know, we're seeing the standard you know type b distribution boards we've seen you know uh, panel boards and floor standing switch boards you know the inquiries are coming through thick and fast so and as you saw when you visited um the factory is busy you know there is you know um not only do we have a lot of stock but actually there's a lot of production going on as well there is there's a lot of people in there squirreling away yeah. to suppliers with with gear and it was nice actually um neil bridgman he won't mind me mentioning mentioning him he's had a recent delivery of one of those boards for okay. a job on a network rail install. And he sent me a picture actually saying, look at this, this is incredible. It's, like, <laughs> it's come pre-built. They're used to kind of fabricating everything yeah. out on site. Um, and, you know, there's the issues around that, about the order, you put your overcurrent protection, your RCDs, your SPDs, how it all links together can be quite complex. And the fact that that can all be done for us by people who are in that production phase and are understanding all of the requirements and how those things link together, I think that's a huge positive. No one wants to be out in the cold trying to put this stuff together if we can avoid it. That's certainly my chain of thought anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think obviously the team at, um, you know, at, at both the Proteus factories is strong, you know, so there's there's a lot of knowledge there. Um, the team has just strengthened, you know, uh, more and more at the industrial factory as they as they grow. Um, you know, that business, you know, this year is, is, is doing exceptionally well. So, so yeah, um, you know, and I think like yourself, you know, and, and I hope you'd agree, you know, if we can get people to the factories and understand, you know, what we do, what we can offer and the service levels we've got, um, just gives them a little bit more confidence, you know, to go away and, uh, you know, give us a, uh, give us a shot as it were. Absolutely. I think people would be biting your arm off in droves if they had a look around and got to meet some yeah. of those teams. It's, it's a really good setup. And, and away from that as well, even at the kind of domestic level, it was really interesting to see that, you know, you're testing all of your products as they've been manufactured. I thought that was something that was, Really interesting, even to the um, short circuit tripping characteristics of the device and an overload. That was yep. a nice machine that you showed me there, um, Proteus. Yeah, I mean, the Hytron uh, thermal test machine, is it's been invaluable for us. Um, you know, if we go back, you know, 12 years ago, we were looking at, you know, new RCBO development and we were we were looking at certain components and, and we identified that there was an issue um, as we were trying to... Um, finalize the calibration element of it uh, and we identified that there was a fault actually with one of the components but it was actually that machine uh, that actually found that for us um, and you know a lot of head scratching at the time a lot of back and forth you know is it this is it that um, so yeah so that investment in that equipment was uh, was invaluable for us and it's you know these things aren't cheap um, but you know as a company you know the uh, the family uh, as we know them you know they say look you know we, quality is you know uh, is key because we we have to be you know we, we always say we have to be whiter than white we've got to be honest in what we're doing um you know requirements now for technical files you know if if, if there's any concerns with products out in the field you know you've got to prove to your governing body that you've got technical construction files for all your uh all your equipment and you've got that data to back you up so uh so yeah there's a lot of work that's been done on that over the last you know 10 15 20 years now to to get that data pulled together yeah the quality aspect was something that i really took away from my visit and it was not just in terms of the individual devices, it's the assemblies as a whole as well. So you're kind of testing them while they're actually in a singular modular form, if you like, and then it's put together into a wider, bigger system. So it could be something simple like a small EV 
consumer unit that you supply into a customer yeah. with an SPD and a single breaker, but still the quality check in there. And I guess that's you trying to be um, super protective of your brand and what you're offering because it is a competitive marketplace and there, there are some colossal companies out there doing this and you're trying to, you know, fight the fight with those guys, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we you know, um, we've been doing this obviously for 30, 35 years or so now. So this will be our 35th year, I think, you know, 2023. So the company was set up back in 1988. Um, so, yeah, we've been doing it, you know, a number of years. And I and I guess probably in the last 20 or so years, it's it's really when we sort of started to progress real well, because we actually took control of what we were doing in terms of manufacturing our own devices, um, whether that be MCBs, RCBOs, um, RCDs, you know, we, we started doing that, you know, ourselves rather than, you know, uh, outsourcing those type of things. So, um, and that's really then when you get into, right, you know, let's just get into the nitty gritty about how that device operates, you know, how can we improve it? How can we make sure that we, um, you know, we identify any sort of latent defects that might be in there and capture that before it goes out into the field? Because, you know, we we monitor that on a monthly basis. Product comes back to us, you know, um, you know, you know, from the wholesale network. Um, sometimes it's deemed as faulty, um, but, you know, all the CF branches, they they get a report back, you know, uh, automatically generated to say actually sometimes you know that product is not faulty um and it may well have been a you know an issue on site that you know the customers not realized or identified because that happens from time to time you know the branch swap the device for them they put that device in and then before you know it they're like oh that's still tripping so maybe there is something else so but we never get to hear that but you know we, we deal with that that's fine so but it's it's about identifying if there is you know uh, an issue that we're unaware of in the product you know we want to capture that real quick um you know, touch wood, you know, we're, uh, you know, we're on top of that at the moment. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's not yeah. instead. I mean, you have that, that link with CEF, which must be helpful, both, at, uh, um, you know, you can stock stuff on their shelves as well as your own. And, you know, they're going to give you that direct feedback that maybe a, another wholesaler perhaps wouldn't. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like you say there with the RCD kind of thing that instantly sprung out to me that we've had an issue in industry with RCD testing and they've amended the regulations because of it and you must see that from the other side of the fence when we're going out and testing something it's maybe not performing in the way we expect and we then return it to a manufacturer and actually they get it and there's nothing wrong with it so you can kind of see where that change and stuff comes into play do you have an input into any of those decisions or is that just something you have to work with i think that's a little bit we have to work with i think we you know we um we had a situation where we had a, a customer saying look the the rcd is is failing on the five times test and um we, we get you know replacement devices we test them we do the report and we submit that you know uh, back to the customer with some fresh devices and say look fit them see what you think and they come back and they say they're still not right so um this particular job i went to site uh, and it was actually the meter um and it was a brand new meter um we we use a you know you know you've seen them yourself we use a mega uh, rcd testers here at the factory and you know we test all our rcbos and all our rcd devices with those um you know they're you know routinely calibrated um but i went to site put the mega tester on and it passed the device so there was a variation between you know one uh tester and another um so it's there's and there's a number of variables i think in the uh in the system but of course all we can do is actually just you know take our product we do our testing um yeah the five times test is obviously gone now isn't it but i think you guys will probably continue to do that will you I've just shared a video last night testing on the three-phase um, Proteus board, actually, and I still did it. 
Um, yeah. Although perhaps you don't have to, it's just easier in auto sequence. And if ever I had an issue, I will say this for electricians who might be watching, if ever you do get an issue, don't instantly assume there's something wrong with the product. Have a little delve into the manufacturer's literature because some of them will say different things about the type of current that needs injecting to get a, an operation at those trip times. So do have a look at it. Don't just stick it straight back in the purse because it might be absolutely fine. <laughs> absolutely. But in, in terms of sort of new developments in industry, then one of the things that I think you know, it's difficult from a manufacturer and wholesale supply side of things is when AFDDs, for example, have just come out, is how do you even gauge what the demand for that might be? Because kind of the regs have gone to what I would term a half warehouse, if that's for want of a better yeah. word, where they've introduced it, but not really made it mandatory on everything. So how do you have your best guess at that? Uh, literally, yeah. Lick finger and see, you know. Is that how it works? <laughs> not quite. Uh, there's a little bit more into it than that. Obviously, we we had, um, I think it was the 18th edition when that was first launched back in 2018. Um, obviously, AFDDs was a recommendation at that time. Usually with recommendations, you know what's coming next. Um, and it becomes a shall be or um, must be used. So we, uh, we started our AFDD technology development back in uh, 2018, uh, in late 2018, um and by sort of mid 2009 well, no, early 2019 we had a uh, our first device uh, available out in the market and what we did in in that scenario is we we already had our existing compact rcbo which we've manufactured since I don't know, 2013 um and we actually did a second module with the afdd uh, technology attached to the side of it um and it allowed us in sort of 2019, early 2020, to put that product in the field strategically and see how that product performed in the market. Um, what I would say is obviously AFDD technology is obviously um, relatively new in the UK. Um, lots of people are now bringing you know, that product into the market. And you know whether they're all using the same technology or whether they're using their own technology. Um, uh, but what we did is... We, I think we we're on issue B of the firmware when we first launched it. Um, in the last sort of 18 months, two years, we've been on issue G, which is the sort of latest uh, derivative of the, the version we have uh, of software for the device. And, and that's a, you know, a stable device now. We're, we're confident with that. And we don't see any sort of real need for any future developments of that, uh, certainly at this stage. So in terms of gauging how many do we produce, uh, that's a bit more of a challenge. Um, what we do have the luxury of is obviously we've got the components for RCBO manufacture. Um, we can get PCBs manufactured and really it's that cost of the PCB and you say, right, okay, how many do we buy? Do we buy a few thousand, do we buy 20,000, 50,000? But we'll have that as a raw item to one side. And then as we see the trend of business uh, of AFDDs increasing, which we have done, and we, we're seeing that increase steadily every month now, um, we then just manufacture more. So we've got all the um, component parts around us. It's just then getting the team to to assemble those, get them tested, and get them to us as quick as they can. So uh, yeah, that's that's how you and that's how you manage that. So it must be a challenge. I was just interested in the approach to it because obviously we see it. Uh... A, a coal face level, if you like, with our consumers and customers, and you're seeing that as an oversight of industry. And it must be quite a difficult one because you don't want to disappoint electricians who are coming to you for, for product, but equally you don't want to be sat on a factory full of a, a million quids worth of gear you can't sell for five years until the regs. Absolutely. I, I think we will 
get to that point where the regs will mandate AFDDs on every circuit. It's the same journey we've all been through with RCDs, and we know this works. But it's it's that management of the process, isn't it? And it must be really difficult for companies like yourselves to be on top of that. It's just interesting to how you approach it. It seems to be kind of a watch it and see and be ready to react. Yeah. So we um, manage that. Yeah. So month end, you know, we we will run reports and we'll look at usage levels. We have what we call a reorder program, which looks at the usage and you can adjust that usage um, figures to say, well, I want to look at the last maybe just three months usage or maybe last six months and it'll give us a projected stock of what we need to do so um don't get me wrong it, it it's been you know it's been a bit of a headache and we've we have air freighted product here there and everywhere um so uh yeah we've uh yeah it's not been all uh, plain sailing and i guess some of these changes and developments will be driven by regulations and things that are happening in industry but i imagine you've got some research and development going on yourselves of some products that you might be bringing to market that could be different or something that's unique um and you know that's that must be an an ever-going task for yourselves that research and development yeah i think um as you saw when you came you know we've got a team of five people um in redditch um we've got uh, a dedicated one at the single phase switchgear factory and we've got a couple of people at our um telford uh, industrial switchgear factory so there's about eight people in total um sort of for r d um a lot of new product development comes sometimes from the likes of yourselves and you'll come along and say, oh, if you only you could do this or could you do that? Um, or a customer, you know, may come up with, you know, if I, if we look at the meter isolator switch that we uh, that we produce for the metering industry, you know, that came directly from the meter industry. And they said, look, we need a product. You know, we're getting X number of burnouts because the application of a cage clamp terminal with a meter tail connection is not great. So, you know, this is the type of application that we need. And, and we developed that, you know, um, well, over t- over 10 years ago now. Um, we put a patent on the terminal um, and it's been successful. We've, we've, you know, that terminal has probably made around about, I think about 15 million connections. Wow. In, in that time. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's it's been a very successful product for us. And of course, what we've then done is use that same design and roll that across, you know, other products uh, in, the, um, in the range. I think, you know, we've always got to look forward and say, right, what's next? And, you know, um, my background, obviously, with product design, I, I, I'm very interested in, you know, product design and development. So always trying to see the opportunity of something that's a little bit niche, a little bit, you know, unique in the marketplace. Um, I may have mentioned to you, obviously, something that we're looking at at the moment, you know, with uh, with a partner uh, on the development of a, of a new product. Um, and yeah, you know, we're, we'll, we've got that ticking away in the background um, and hopefully, you know, that will come through um, and it'll be, you know, a very unique product for, you know, switchgear distribution um, that, uh, that, you know, certainly at this stage, nobody's got whether, you know, there is a, there is a solution currently, but it's a, it's a two-part system. We're, we're looking to put that into uh, into one part. So. But yeah, I won't ask you to give away all of your trade secrets <laughs> at this this juncture, but it is it is interesting. It's not just around the circuit protective devices either. Our, our Taylor sent me in um, a sample of your um, 100 amp connector blocks that are in the background behind you there to give, oh, out, yeah. okay. to give out to apprentices. And I'll be honest, I'd never seen those before myself. And upon looking at them and my team looking at them, they're like, these are brilliant. So we've since ordered plenty for ourselves. And we had a job recently, I, I won't name the EV installation company, but they've been to a job and they've made a mistake connecting into an existing Henley block. So where you get the neutral and the line together in the same block, they got mixed up and the service oh. was consistently going pop. The DNO had had three goes at swapping fuses. It was all a bit of a, a mess, to be honest. 
And those blocks solve that problem to a large degree because they're independent yeah. to each other and they're color coded. Yeah. I mean, that, that again, that's just a prime example of somebody saying, can you color code them for us? And we're like, well, if you want, you know, that's not a problem. <laughs> so, um, and that was it, you know, we, we had a, a big customer of ours and they said, yeah, we want a brown and blue one. We want to easily identify, you know, the phase and neutral of an installation. So we said, yeah, that's fine. And actually what we then found is as people then come across them in the industry, people say, oh, actually, that'd be good. And, and we're finding now, you know, for EV installers, they're using a lot. Um, and then I saw the, uh, I think somebody had put a, a post on LinkedIn, I think, and they had a, a blue one, a brown one, and then they put a black one in the middle for Earth. And I thought, oh, maybe we should do a green one put in the middle. So, uh, and that's where the green one came from. And that was only recently. We, we did a quick poll. Would you have a green one? And everybody was like, yeah, actually, we would do so. So, you know, we, we've got that, you know, um, autonomy and, you know, we can make those decisions quite quick here. So it's uh, no, it's good. Quick. A lot of what we do out in industry as well, when we're installing things, it's not really um, a visual thing for a consumer. The way the tails are connected into a consumer unit and the wiring all in those areas is one of the more visual aspects of what we do. It's where they get a look at things. That's it. And the fact that's there, we can dress it nicely. We can make it look um, really good from a, a viewer's point of view for when they're interacting with the equipment. I think that's a nice touch and allowing us the option to be able to do that with a bit of a simple old style Henley block for want of a better word is brilliant. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's all, it's good. It's uh, I mean, the, the numbers of those that we're supplying is um, yeah, it, it's staggering really. Um, it surprised even me. I was like, okay, we probably ain't going to sell many, but yeah, the numbers are huge on those. We'll keep ordering them. That's for sure. And the other thing I'd seen as well, that seems to have kind of innovated most recently is an SPD in alongside your main isolating switch. So you do an enclosure now, where the yeah. SPD comes in there again, that solves a problem for us because on a lot of EV installations, we need to have that SPD and sometimes we don't want to be interfering with an existing consumer unit and it's a really simple and effective way to be able to do that. So it solves that problem again. That's it. Yeah, that's, um, again, it's just another one of those, you know, products that's born out of, you know, just a, a conversation. Somebody says, look, can you actually, um, we, we already buy the meter, isolate the switch from you, but there's applications now we want to add a surge. So yeah, we, we've done that and we actually got dedicated buzz bars made up. Um, we actually got our friends at Boddington's to to do the uh, thousand volt insulation on that. So we dipped oh, wow. the buzz bars in that. So nice orange set of buzz bars across the top. So, <laughs> but of course it means then that, you know, you're not having to cable your SPD into a cage clamp terminal or any type of terminal, you know, which could be a six mil tail going in with a 25 mil tail and, you know, Two different size conductors don't bode well in a in a cage clamp terminal so uh so it, it does away with that uh that connection for you so you've got the buzz bar connection just need to make your earth uh connection back to your main earth block and and away you go it keeps it simple as well doesn't it space is often at a premium if you're working yeah. in a, a meter cabinet for example replacing the main isolator and that's a component you can fit into a meter cabinet without too many complaints from the dnr so it does solve um, an ongoing problem for people out working on EV stuff. So I think that's brilliant. Is there any other kind of growth areas that you see in the industry? Is there is there an exciting growth prospect that we're maybe not aware of? Uh, I, obviously, EV, I think, is here for some time at the moment. I think the demand for EV um, and the volumes that we've, you know, certainly we've got on the order books at the moment and, you know, potentially what's coming uh, is substantial, uh, I think would be fair to say. Um I think as everybody moves to the EV um, vehicle, um, I think yourself, did you get an EV van or have you got one? We've on got one incoming. It's been on order 15 months now. I'm told it's coming in March. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> right. Okay. 
Oh, well, fingers crossed for that one. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I think EV certainly, um, I think for us, what we're, um, what we're capturing, as we spoke about a little bit earlier, where people are now coming across our product a little bit more frequently, I think we're, we're getting that natural sort of organic growth from people thinking actually it's a, you know, it's a good product and, you know, they're coming back to us for more and more things. So yeah, panel boards, switch boards are, are very much, you know, um, big business at the moment containment, you know, the, the steel cable management business at, uh, at Telford, um, the volumes of business that they're doing is, uh, uh, is staggering. And the, you know, the volume of steel that they're going through, you know, is, uh, you know, far more than it's, you know, probably ever done, you know, under, under previous, you know, uh, over previous years. So, so no, that's been, uh, yeah, that's been one area. Um, we're the you know, single phase switchgear factory. Um, we're seeing uh, more and more project led business that we're coming up against. I think that facility of being able to pre-populate consumer units for uh, customers um, with surge devices, with energy monitoring, with AFDDs, with RCBOs, MCBs, whatever they need, you know, we've got that facility here at Redditch and we'll, we'll do that. So, so that's been, you know, certainly big for us at the moment. Um, yeah. And obviously we've got some, we've got some stuff coming up soon on, uh, on wiring accessories as well. Yeah. So there's lots of exciting um, growth areas for electricians and manufacturers. Like one of the ones I'd say that strict sticks out to me is solar and battery storage. And I guess there's maybe, um, issues around dc isolation and things and sort of other current protection as well with dc stuff is that a market you're going to be getting involved with or are you already involved in it <laughs> yeah we, we do the uh, ac rotary isolators one of the um other businesses within our group is looking after dc isolators at this time um but they're looking at that as a package um with the batteries inverters solar pv systems so um so rather than duplicating within our group um you know what other businesses are doing um you know, that's sort of divvied up to a certain extent. So, so yeah, one of our other business units is, uh, is looking at DC isolation at the moment. Ah, good stuff. Now, it's something that I think um, is going to be a massive growth area. We'll see as time moves along. If electricity keeps going up the way it is, everyone's going to have solar panels before too long. It's getting ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you, you know, the, the tech talks that CF are doing at the moment, you know, Darren talks about, well, you know, we've, we've got these losses from going from DC to AC back to DC, you know, should we just go DC, you know, all the way through? Um, probably some years away and obviously we need equipment to uh, and installations to to accommodate that but yeah you know if we if we look you know some years down the line that's probably going to be coming as well yeah for sure as you get the vehicle to grid aspect to things as well when you can take that energy out of a car it seems to be a lot of conversion and messing around with it doesn't it if yeah. we can kind of streamline that into a sensible voltage that works in both directions we're going to get a lot better use of that energy so i'm sure it will go along those lines is there anything else you wanted to mention, Kieran, before we draw this one to a close? I think I think the big thing for us, and I think when you came, um, we we sort of spoke about people coming into the business and working their way through. And I think you know, if anybody is out there looking at you know opportunities to to get into the you know electrical industry, but they don't want to be working, you know, digging a trench for a, an armored cable, you know, uh, when it's minus seven. In Where the, do I apply? <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw your picture in the middle of January, then, you know, um, there are, there are lots of opportunities, you know, certainly within our group, you know, we are always looking for, you know, you know, good people, um, ideally with electrical background knowledge it's, it's not, you know, um, it's not a, you know, requirement as such, but yeah, you know, you know, those apprentices, you know, we, we're taking on, you know, apprentices for engineering applications, uh, design and marketing applications. So if, you know, if people are, are thinking about, you know, they want to get into the electrical industry, but they don't want to be digging a trench in the middle of January, and they fancy something a little bit different than getting involved in, you know, the the front end. Then, if you like, of the manufacturing of that, um, 
you know, make contact with us. There's loads of opportunities that we have as a, as a group, you know, and it may not be switch gear, it may not be wiring accessories, it may be containment, it may be lighting, you know, there's, uh, you know, we're always looking for good people. Um, so if anybody thinks they want to change, then, uh, then give us a shout. Such a good point to close on. And I'll leave links in the description of the video and the podcast for anyone who wants to go and get in touch with um, the team over there to get your applications in. And for those people who may be wanting to order the products um, that you're selling, I guess CEF is the place to go. It is. Yeah. CEF as you know, as, as most people know, we're, we're um, a sister company to CEF. Um, all our products are supplied uh, and distributed through them, but you know, they're, they're fast becoming probably the, you know, the number one wholesaler in the UK at the moment. So uh, in terms of their growth and uh, they've been on a, a meteoric rise over the last few years. So um but it's multi-channel as well. So it's not just that, you know, going to your local branch, they've got the online facility, they've got the catalogue now. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that's going really well. So all our products are available uh, via them. And any of the custom build stuff again, is that through CEF or is that direct to yourselves? No, custom build stuff, yeah, again, through CEF. One of the good things with the relationship with CEF, you see, is that obviously being... Um, uh he said a brother and sister then if you like um you know anything that uh that you know they get asked for they usually pick up the phone and say do me a favor speak to my customer um so we have that direct you know relationship with the likes of yourselves but ultimately the business will always go through uh will always go through cf in that respect perfect and if anybody would like to get in touch with kieran and he agrees i'll leave a link to his linkedin profile in the description of the video and you can go you and can. <laughs> follow on his offerings and make contact with him. Thank you again to everybody at Proteus Yaren for the support you've shown to Apprentice One to One. So for those that don't know, they're helping us out here with the academy with some funding and they're giving us um, bits and pieces along the way, like the the nice 100 amp collective locks behind Kieran there to pass out to apprentices. I really do appreciate it. It makes a massive difference to what we're trying to do. And it's great to have um, a brand such as yourselves behind us. Pleasure. No, thank you very much. And until the next time, we will leave this one there. If anyone's got any questions or comments around this content, please do drop them in below. I'll keep an eye on those and I can point Kieran at them if you've got any questions for him. And until the next time, we will see you then. Bye now. Bye.